Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Find your drive. Forget boring rental cars at Turo.com. I'm Jasmine Elmer, and this is Legit Classics. How this is going to work is I'm going to get someone that knows some stuff about things in their field. I'm going to take the things I know about the stuff in my field, bring this all together, and give you something bigger than either of us can do on our own. Whether you're here for the lulls or the learns, buckle up. It's time to get legit. Today, I've got such an amazing guest. I'm really like beyond excited about this because I'm a massive interiors fan, so this is great. So we're going to be talking about interior design with Emma Jane Palin, who is an art consultant, interior stylist, and multi-award winning blogger, which is very impressive indeed. So hello, Emma. Welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really like, like I said, I'm a bit too excited. I'm going to try and calm down a bit because... Bit of an amateur interior designer myself, but I'm not going to show you anything out of fear of any kind of judgment. But uh, I'm a little um, bit known in circles for my obsession with interior design. So super, super exciting for me. But, you know, this is a classics podcast. So my first question to everyone is, did you ever study any classics at school, like any Greeks or Romans? I don't even know if it came up as any part of your study for, for what you do as a living as well. So have you got any experience of it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember back in school, learning about Romans and Greek mythology and all those kinds of things. I actually didn't study interior design, but I did study graphic design and illustration. And obviously, we had to do some studying alongside that. And I studied photography alongside. So cool. it's not as clear cut as I didn't go through and study every like art movement and everything like that. Okay, got you. I'll take your word for it that you don't really <laughs> go into I think like, you know, you're saying like, I guess a version of art history you don't really get into yeah. that too much in the study that you did no so I'm gonna go straight into my first question because there's just so much to talk about right so when we talk a bit today about interiors and design in ha- in homes I'm gonna talk a lot about Rome again and it's mainly because a lot of the evidence we have for interiors comes from Rome but the point to make is we do have evidence from ancient Greece the Greeks influenced the Romans and actually the Greeks are influenced by the Egyptians so it's kind of like a nice little thread here that goes through. So even if I talk about Rome, I, I'm sometimes talking about Greece. I'll try and make it nice and explicit. But the first question is about maximalism because Romans are so flashy. Their homes are all about a symbol of their status. So the flashier, I mean, for us, I think it would have been pretty gaudy, a little bit garish, a bit OTT. And obviously I'm talking about the, you know, the higher wealth homes here. So I kind of want to know if homes back then are absolutely a, a kind of way of you expressing your status in society. How true do you think that is today? How much do you see that in your own work where that's like, I guess, a point that someone's trying to make in their, in their interior design? Yeah, I mean, I think it very much still is a thing. Um, As much as I would like to say that it wasn't, I think, I mean, come on, like the Kardashians are proof of this still being a thing. (laughs) And like they're obsessed with being on Architectural Digest and like showing their homes. Um, Like MTV crib style, you know, like that sort of thing. It's like, yeah. (laughs) It's like it's like being in Architectural Digest these days is basically being like, I've made it. 
because it's just full of celebrities and all of their homes are just so flashy and I think that's very much you know I'm not sure they're decking out their homes with vintage pieces and and affordable hacks like maybe some of the mainstream Instagram world is and I think interior design is something that can definitely be achieved on a budget but I think it is used as a bit of a like status symbol like if you think about entertaining friends I think there's definitely still a little bit of like competition between people and things like that yeah I I I get you but I was wondering do you think that is less a bit more sometimes with the with the very wealthy that minimalism becomes more of a interesting kind of trend for them well I think that's what we've seen it move more towards even with celebrities it's all these very like luxurious materials like everything looks very soft and white and like you can't sit down anywhere risk of uh getting it dirty <laughs> that's kind of more where it's moved towards it's it's mm. kind of that luxury sophisticated look I guess that the higher end go for how do they always get their blooming cushions so perfect I mean every time I like no one they mustn't they must have like show sofas where yeah. no one sits on it like do you know what I mean because my cushions look nice and then I sit on them and they're done. You know, that's it. I and mean, I have to plump them up again. I mean, they must just be looking at their sofas. <laughs> after many years of working in interiors, I can tell you there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. So <laughs> no one has to worry about, you know, whether their cushions aren't looking right. Because you sit, okay, cool, you sit cool. down on a sofa and a cushion looks awful, really, doesn't it? Like when you get up. <laughs> I'm actually on a cushion ban. My husband's put me on a cushion ban because oh, I just well, keep one. wanting to get a new cushion to just add to the final touches to a new design. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Romans had cushions just because I want to make, chuck that in there because obviously it's, it's a classics pod. But um, I just want to like talk a little bit about what, what it would have looked like because I just mentioned that it's like very maximalist and it's very colourful. And that might be a shock to some of the people that are listening because actually when we think about the classical period, we often think about that kind of marble and white. Yeah. And I just want to make the point really clear that although, yes, of course they will have used marble they would have used like bronzes and gilded like other metals and precious stones and all sorts of rich colors you know i can't underestimate that the romans went for kind of a real big color palette they enjoyed different colors which i think is important to note because you know you just mentioned it and i think that there's and certainly i know that i sometimes go towards but this idea of like more neutral natural woods jute yeah <laughs> natural colors and things like that. it's kind of a bit more of a trend today so actually that kind of neat segue into the second question which is it feels like that classically inspired interiors is actually still a trend today so it's popular today what i mean is directly copy from the greeks and the romans so is that true first of all like, do, do you think that's a trend still do people kind of do that and if so like what's behind that design choice for people? So I'm kind of interested in what they think that says about them if they make that choice. Because for me, it's, I'm a classicist. It makes sense if I've got some like busts knocking around my house, which I do. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely been a surge for like classically inspired interiors in the past few years. But this year, it's kind of really been at the forefront. I mean, I know so many people that have been on the search for mm-hmm. kind of like the perfect marble slab or, and again, Ooh. like, working it in with neutrals as well so they like want the perfect white or the perfect shade of beige to go with it like it's a very luxury trend so uh marble moldings is also a really big thing cornicing archways as you were talking about again i think they're coming through in more modern ways like maybe not being used in the same way they would have by the romans but 
even you know um wet leg the bands like they've been singing about Shane's longs and I'm sure that's been like <laughs> a big kind of yeah Romans reclined yeah because they would recline for the yeah, absolutely very famous to, that they would do that yeah exactly but can I just ask like I mean is there a type of person that's picking this trend is it everyone is this something we're seeing like down to high street brands and stuff like that it's affordable for people or is it often you know more the elite that are choosing that type of design I think at the moment we're probably still in quite a like well-trained sort of someone with an interior eye that is kind of making those design decisions but as soon as those tastemakers start using things it tends to filter down down. I mean I was even thinking about you know how pineapples were a massive thing on the high street like (laughs) yeah yeah years ago and that's obviously something that goes back so you know maybe it's just filtering down in different ways kind of slowly throughout the years I'll be well happy if they start making classical (laughs) stuff in the shops and I actually like to find old busts and paint them into interesting colors so I use kind of like maybe sometimes neons or other things because I I really enjoy that but actually another question I was going to ask you is about art so it actually kind of makes sense that we might be put that in right now because in Roman homes and in Greek but especially Roman you know they're known for their wall art they're, lo- mm-hmm. they're known they're known for their, their frescoes their paintings and that's they're, they're massive features and they are always bespoke so they would have been chosen and you know they would have been created in the home for that individual in the context that they are meant to be seen in and they're kind of meant to be interacted with in the sense of, you know, you're looking at this, it might, you know, spur a conversation. But if art is, you know, a talking piece back then, like, what do you think the function of art is today? Because, you know, anyone can get a poster now, even of a famous piece of artwork. And some people put things up, I think, a bit like without thinking. Sometimes they think it fits their interior, but don't always think about whether it's a piece of art they love or how are we using art in interior design today? For me personally, I use art as a bit of a talking point and also a bit of like a kind of memory bank for myself. And while it's not this bespoke hand-painted thing, I've definitely done a few things in my time painting my own little patterns and murals onto the wall. And I know a lot of people that have, so it's a lot more accessible for people to do themselves, I think, these days. But I put everything and anything on a wall, even from back in the day when I was like a student. Gig tickets, like... (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like all of these things acted as art, like jewellery, hats. I just used to like kind of form these gallery walls. And that was kind of one of the things that got me into interiors in the first place. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I think I saw on your Instagram, I, obviously, because I do my job properly. I look up the people <laughs> I'm speaking to. And I saw that you had a wall, I think it's next to your wardrobe, and you had some hats on it, some other yeah. things. I was actually going to, it's a bit, it feels a bit like, I mean, not a living wall in the sense of when you get um, plants on it, but it kind of felt like you'd like put your life a little bit on, on there, not just the artwork. Do you see what I mean? Or the... Yeah decor of it everything that is on my walls means something to me and my husband like it's all really personal and like not to get really Marie Kondo on you but like it sparks sparks joy you do know what I mean like it's not yeah just look at a wall like I've and anytime that I've worked with someone on like curating art it's a slow process because I won't just let someone pick something because I like it I'm like how does it make you feel like what do you like this artist like it's actually quite like a hard process to go through with somebody else because I just think it's super important that they be able to like talk about it or look at it and it reminds them of something and that's what art should be so I, I like to think that like it's nice to know that for the Romans that's kind of what it 
was really yeah well that's what I was just thinking it kind of comes back full circle because that's I know for me the artwork I have in my house really means something to me and I do feel something when I look at it so that is a very Roman idea I think do do people ever come I mean I'm looking at something I can see Emma on zoom and I can see this, this picture behind you if you don't mind me describing it of a horse and it says life is very good and it looks really cool but obviously that would mean I want to ask you about that I mean I guess that's what you're demonstrating right I wanted to, I wanted to ask you why that's why you chose that yeah like, and th- that's what, it what is. that's about for you <laughs> that's literally yeah. what when people come down to our house they're off like guaranteed someone will ask about something the one behind me is actually David Drigley, so it's just a really like one of my favourite. Okay, artists, that's my basically. that's my that's my bad. <laughs> that's me showing that I don't I don't know much. But never mind, that's fine. I know about Romans and Greeks, I don't know all about art. But that's I get it, but then you're hoping that, that would inspire conversation in people. Well, that's a very Roman way of using art, so Yeah. Cool. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Find your drive. Forget boring rental cars at Turo.com. So we uh, sort of, I guess, a, a slightly offshoot of this is to do with like mosaics because we can't talk about, you know, kind of interior design in Rome and not speak about mosaics. Definitely That's so not. prolific in Rome. You know, they, we constantly find, we found some new ones recently in the UK. So, you know, you're always finding these mosaics and they're really, really fascinating. Now I'm going to say something very controversial and I'm, you're probably going to argue me down, which is absolutely fine. But maybe because I'm coming from this classical point of view, I just think we've got a bit boring with floors because they're so elaborate, these mosaics. And they're actually, again, very interactive. So sometimes you have to walk around a mosaic to view it from a different perspective, to get a different view of something or a different part of the myth or story that it's telling. So it, you kind of are encouraged to really kind of walk around it and understand it. Yes, they're walking over them and doing things with them, but it is an interactive experience as well. And I don't know if it's just me and my boring choices of floors, but I just feel like we just walk on them today. Yeah. And Romans didn't they didn't put rugs on the floor. They did have rugs and tapestries, but there will be things for the wall because they're expensive. They come from Egypt, they're expensive. We don't walk on them. So are floors boring? I think, basically today. I think a lot of floors are boring. I'm with you. And I think a lot of yes. I think a lot of mass market flooring is really boring. I think that's what the key is. I Today, it's just so expensive to have like an elaborate flooring like that. Mass market is to keep it simple because we're all about reselling value, things like that. But I have seen really great examples of mosaics recently as well. Like I think it's a company called Basasa. They sell incredible mosaics, but again, it's luxury end of the market. And when you say mosaics, do you mean like, because obviously I've mentioned like mosaics as art, but there is also pattern mosaic that the Romans had. For example, in the first century AD, there's this trend in Italy and France for just black and white mosaics. Mm -hmm. And that was a trend for a little bit. So you had trends and they had 
things. So is this like that type of thing, like a patterned type mosaic or is it like arty? I've seen it with like flowers. Um, a good friend of mine actually had a flower mosaic, but on the wall <gasps> in her bathroom. And it was Yeah, incredible. but there you go, it's on the wall. Yeah. It's on the wall again, it's not on the floor. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, when we do something now, it's always on the wall. Yeah, isn't that funny? It is a strange... I mean, I guess we're being a bit mean because there are rugs and rugs have nice patterns on and they go on the floor. I think we just have a real focus. <laughs> we're real, so unconvinced. On a, a real focus and a real worry about selling houses rather than kind of living in the oh, moment. Yeah. And that is, if we're just told constantly, yeah. if you do something that's too out there, then no one will buy your house <laughs> at the end of it. But this is interesting because, you know, Romans don't, aren't going to move around. They're going to own property. It's not disposable in the same. They're not going to be in chains of like 58 houses trying to sell it and move on often. Yeah. So this is not something that Romans or Greeks are going to have to consider, but it's something that we do have to today. But want to talk a little bit about the home office situation because obviously the world has changed drastically in the last few years so many of us are now working from home and I and I add this in as a sort you know where this connects to you might be thinking how does this connect to Rome because they definitely didn't have Zoom and they didn't but the, the Roman study in the house the tablinum is a really important room and it's not what you think they're not doing the homework in it and the man of the house would run his business often from there and he would have people visiting they're called clients he would be a patron so that room becomes very important and you actually walk through the atrium the main like kind of you know entrance hall that would have been very ornately decorated and probably one of the most impressive rooms in the house going through to the study and it would have also been decorated to you know kind of express its owner so that was a thing in roman times yes they're not doing it via zoom but they are doing it by impressions so is this a thing that's happening are people kind of styling i've seen it on telly i've seen them on tv breakfast programs and they've all styled the background. So yeah. I know it's happening, but what, what's your experience of that? What, what's going on with that? I think we all know that feeling of having to jump onto a Zoom call in like one minute and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what do I look like? Um, what does everything around me look like? Well, you must be particularly worried about that because obviously it's part of your <laughs> job, isn't it? So like, no, no one really cares what my background looks like, but for you, it's, so this it's your business. is actually what I was going to say. Like, I'm genuinely probably going to get judged by what my interior looks like because I work in interior design so if I come on and it's just like I mean either chaos or just like really bland behind me that's kind of given an impression of me Mm. like if you're a big exec at a company and you know you go on and you're talking to your team you need to be in a place that looks like it goes with your status within that company um you can't have you know your dirty washing hanging up behind you or something like that because yeah you need to you want people to respect you and we kind of associate you know what your home looks like with I guess who you are as a person and the pandemic put a lot of focus on our homes as well so I think that this is kind of where it meets together it's yes it's status but it's also people were at home a lot so we were looking at our homes really closely and actually it was something that we all wanted to do because you want to work in a nice environment and actually there's different colors that work for productivity you know there's different things that we can do that work for productivity so actually a lot of people were redesigning those spaces anyway so it's kind of a bit of a two birds one stone sort of thing I think um definitely as someone that was working in interiors like everything just came into this big sort of like everyone wanted to know like how do I do this how do I do this how do I do that and there was definitely a huge demand for interior design tips and actually I did a really 
funny job for Grazia magazine where they asked me to design a Christmas Zoom backdrop. <laughs> so it was literally like a, as if I was on Zoom to my family, what would my Christmas Zoom backdrop look like? Oh my so, gosh, is that a thing? I mean, this was Christmas 2020. So this was when we weren't able to go and spend time with our loved ones. So, yeah. But it was almost like that became a thing to design your own Christmas Zoom backdrop and have the yeah. best one. I know, that, I know that when I speak to academics uh, in my field, I often see quite a few books and it, it definitely makes me, oh, that, I'm talking to an academic. They've got lots of books around them yeah so I don't want everyone to go away and get like immediate anxiety now about their <laughs> backdrops I mean don't worry about it uh but it, it's just an interesting thought isn't it to think about how this and how it relates to the Roman and and how that Tablinum is a place of you know obviously it's a physical experience when coming into it but it's a place of status for for Romans and a place of business and the home much more than we would possibly imagine so that's where their business is often going on uh, yeah. there are other places but the home becomes a central point yeah I mean I think as well just to take it back to that Roman ideology like that's I think that's come through quite a lot just in terms of some people having like separate sitting rooms and and like they'll have their like fancy sitting room for where they'll entertain oh, guests right. and then they fancy sitting yeah oh, is that the one where the cushions are perfect that's the one where the cushions <laughs> are perfect uh, and then they'll have like their actual comfortable sitting room where they'll like you know watch the tv oh how the other half live that sounds nice definitely i know definitely people still have that uh they'll have like the sitting room and the living room kind of vibe ah no i think that's really interesting because another little you know i've actually got quite an open plan house but i know that there was a big big move away from that people were trying to divide them up again once they realized that they needed rooms with specific purposes in order to get away from love my family but get 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 away from the, the things and getting too overwhelmed by the number of activities or things that can happen in a big open space yeah to the point where we actually converted our garage to make a another sitting room as you described <laughs> which is like a lounge not that posh don't worry everyone but just a different you know place but we we are really I think the whole movement of having plants and the kind of I've got so many plants in my house and I know that as a as an industry um house plants is just growing and growing and growing and so many of us like to have that kind of idea of living in and amongst nature in our homes and I just wondered you know how much is that playing into interior trends at the moment and you know do you think that's come up because of the pandemic and our bit, we were kind of hemmed in and we were kind of, you know, what we, we really craved outside and, and greenery? Or was that happening before? Yeah, I think it's been a big thing, you know, for a number of years, but even more so, especially when we couldn't get outside much, like it was the, the one way to bring life into your home. And I'm mm. a big advocate for using plants within interior design schemes because they do bring that kind of warmth and texture and you're a bit more in touch with kind of nature and I think that people have realised that, you know, nature does actually make you happy, even if you don't think it does. So succulents and cacti, things that are a bit more easier to look after, have really surged in popularity. And then obviously you can bring in interior design style with them, like via the plant pots and, and things like that as well. So it's a really yeah. easy way to fill spaces in your home, but also just bring mm. a little pop of colour some texture and then also just some real life I mean my plants I, don't, I haven't got names for them but I could probably go as far as that because they are like I really care about them yeah. when I go around with my little spritzers and my little fertilizer spritzer and I'm like going are you all right there <laughs> I, obviously I sound like a complete mad person but 
they bring me so much joy. Like I feel really calm and serene. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, if we had a psychologist here, I'd explain yeah. it. But, you know, the effect of, of plants and greenery on us is a real thing. I'm not making up. And so having that in your home is is absolutely a positive effect on people, I think. So I wish I had a central courtyard to fill with fill with plants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love it. But... Actually, I, I actually do have one. I just, oh. I just went, oh, I'd love to have one of those. It's like, mm, I actually have one. Everyone's going to be messaging me now saying, where do you live? What is this house? Um, I am fortunate to say I have a nice home. But I mean, I know we're becoming much more conscious about being sustainable and, you know, having a much healthier relationship with nature and things around us. Mm -hmm. But I think that that trend to me, to me, I don't know if this is true, but it feels like that's probably one of the most powerful trends in in everyday people home, you know, normal people's homes, that rattany duty naturally vibe, I think is quite, is super popular, isn't it? Because you see it everywhere and I, I do love it. Yeah. That's definitely something that's filtered right down to the high street so everyone can get access to it, which I'm here for because I've always been here for rattan. So I was like, well, happy when that, you know. You were there before. Is it, well, actually, do we have you to thank then? Because you just said that the people that are setting the trend set this stuff and then it gets down to the rest of us. So I mean, I think there's whoever a few came people. up with that. <laughs> yeah, okay. The few, whoever you are, if you're listening, thanks for that. Because I really love all that. It makes it nice and easy in my house to make it very zen and nice. So towards the end of this, I always play a little game with everyone. Don't be freaked out. It's absolutely fine. And what the game is, it's called Legitimates. And it's because this is legit classics and I like to think that our subject areas have become mates in the conversation. It's a bit it's a bit lame, but I quite like it. And what you do is you get one minute, 60 seconds, to just kind of spitball on anything that you remember from the conversation, anything you've learned, anything you want to say about it, anything interesting. And that's it, really. It's like a little conclusion. So are you up for that? I will do my best. Do your best. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. If you get really stuck, I'll give you a few tips, but I'm sure you'll be good. So there'll be a little timer. I'll count you in. My goodness, the pressure. The pressure. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Honestly, there's no scores at the end, really. I I did start off giving scores originally, but then I just gave up on that. It's basically a bit of a laugh. Don't worry about it. If you get something wrong, just... (laughs) All right, you ready? Yeah, ready. All right, three, two, one, go. I mean, I think my favourite thing that I've kind of learned from the conversation is about the whole... We were talking about the Zoom meetings and how the Romans used to use their kind of like room and they had their room for entertaining or doing business Uh, because I think that's just so uh, something I've never really thought about how that's carried through in like time Um, and then obviously that also leads on to art and all of the incredible frescoes and things that we were talking about and how that's also linked but we do it in such a different way or I do it in such a, a different way today um, and then I think I'm quite most excited about how this classical inspired interiors is going to filter through to the mainstream um, because as we talked about it sounds like it's coming oh gosh five, four, three, two, one. she's counting me down I, <laughs> I just counted Emma down distracted her on Zoom with the counting so uh, no you did great there you did great there and I do love the bit you ended on because of all the people in the entire world that are the most excited about the idea of classically inspired interiors filtering their way down tis I so that was great thank you so much that was so interesting because I think this is a topic that people might not necessarily have expected there to be so much 
interesting talk about. So I really appreciate your input there because it's, it's fascinating. Amazing. Thank you. Love interiors. Love your work too. It's really, really good. So thanks, Emma, so much for coming along. And this has been Legit Classics with Jasmine Elmer and Emma Jane Palin. Thank you so much. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The attacker had very good knowledge of banking systems. $2.1 billion in stolen funds. The cyber criminal group. It was the Lazarus group again. These are smart guys. The Lazarus Heist is back for a brand new season. We're following the latest twists and turns in the incredible story of the Lazarus group hackers. The Lazarus Heist, season two from the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.